The rest of you can be seated. We are thrilled that you are here. And of course, this weekend, we are celebrating July 4th. And uh, I had in my heart to talk about freedom tonight. Free indeed. As Americans, there is a cause to celebrate, to, to celebrate the birth of our nation. It's not perfect, but praise God, we're still standing and we are going to fulfill our destiny and our purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you agree with that? Our nation needs prayer and that, that we will stay on the right course. But as believers, we're not supposed to be talking negative words. Pastor was talking about the importance of our words. We need to be speaking right words over our land. <laughs> Excuse me. No, I'm not going to have that in the name of Jesus. Little, little demons bothering our voices today. No, they're not in here. We are redeemed. Hallelujah. Our voices are strong. We're going to deliver the word, but we are going to pray over our nation and we are believing that the destiny shall be fulfilled. We need to be praying for those in leadership. Pray for our president, our Congress, our senators. Oh, dear God, pray for the Supreme Court justices in the name of Jesus. That's all that we will say about that. But God bless America. Now listen to this little part of this song. Land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. As I was writing that down today, that just, that phrase, through the night, it just jumped out at me. Our nation has known some dark times. Right now, it's in a dark season in the economy and different things going on. But the words to that say, through the night. Not with man's wisdom, not with the right political party, not with this and not with that. But it says, through the light. From above. I got blessed today just meditating on that and thinking about the author that wrote that so many years ago. Darkness shall not, it never has, and it never will prevail in our nation. Because there's a group of people. There are more that are in the camp of the Lord. I don't care what you see on the media. I don't care what voices are saying. We are still a godly nation. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave. And Christians are crying out on behalf of our nation. And as long as there is a remnant, as long as there is a voice, that's crying out for revival, crying out for God to lead and guide our nations through the night with the light, with the glory of the Lord. That's what I was seeing today as I just saw those words with the light from above that can represent God's presence, God's glory coming on the scene in the darkest season, in the darkest night. Just think about things that have happened in our history. World War II was a horrible time. But at the end of World War II, there was the healing revival that broke.
broke out. Vietnam was an awful time for our nation. But at the end of that terrible season came the charismatic renewal. And those that had marched and protested, the hippies and all those people with the long hair and all that mess, they started getting saved. Woo! Hallelujah! Through the night, with the light, from above. And our God is still the same today. And light always prevails over darkness. Glory be to God. We are the land of the free. Righteousness, like Pastor Tom mentioned, that righteousness shall rule and reign in our land. And we do stand for liberty and justice for all. As citizens of the United States of America, we have rights and we have privileges. And these rights that we are afforded were paid for at a high cost and a high premium. Men and women are still paying the price today that we might sit here and freely worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm thankful tonight that we're not having to hide in some underground place that we don't have to sneak around and gather in the name of the Lord. We can boldly and freely come and lift up his name and magnify him. That's part of the liberty that we enjoy in our nation. Thomas Jefferson, anybody know who he was? Little history lesson. He was the third president of our nation. And Thomas Jefferson said this, freedom is not free. It is watered with the blood from every generation. Freedom is not free. It is watered with the blood from every generation. And before we get into talking about the blood of Jesus that has bought us our liberty... I love the words to this song. I don't know how long ago it was written. It's called the Statue of Liberty. And I feel inspired to sing it. No, not really. I wished I could, but I'll read you the words. <laughs> Listen to these words. Don't get, don't get thrown off by that. <laughs> In New York Harbor stands a lady with her torch raised to the sky and all who see her know she stands for liberty for you and me i'm so proud to be called an american to be named with the brave and the free i will honor our flag and trust in god and the statue of liberty it's a good thing to honor our flag and to honor our nation And then it goes on and it switches over to talk about you and me as believers. On lonely Golgotha stood across with my Lord raised to the sky. And all who kneel there live forever as all the saved can testify. I'm so glad to be called a Christian, to be named with the ransomed and the whole. As the statue liberates the citizen, so the cross 
liberates the soul. Woo! Are you glad? I'm thankful for the statue of liberty, but I'm more thankful for the cross. Oh, have you come to the cross? Have you knelt at the feet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Have you been liberated from the bondage of sin? Have you been set free from the yoke of oppression? Have you come to the cross? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you cleansed? Are you whiter than snow? Have your sins been washed away. That's what happens when we come and we kneel at the cross. We are forever set free. Thank God for what happens when people come to America and enjoy the liberties and the freedoms here. But But it's more important that we come to the cross. On Golgotha's hill. Our Savior was raised there. And all who kneel there can testify. I've been redeemed. I've been liberated. I have been set free. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the benefits and the liberties that belong to us as believers. You and I. Are not only citizens of this great nation and this awesome land, but we are citizens of another land. Our homeland is heaven. Hallelujah. And as citizens of heaven, we have rights and we have privileges. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. I'm going to use a little bit of a different translation for a few verses because I want to use my awesome new Bible. Isn't this so cool? It's called the Holman Christian Bible, Christian something translation. And I believe that we have it. I ask about it. So I'm going to read a couple of verses out of there. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. And I want to read it out of this translation. He entered the Holy of Holies. Once for all, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. His blood is not like any other blood. His blood is the spotless, pure, powerful, cleansing blood of the lamb. And then I like, you know what it says in every translation. I like how it says having obtained eternal redemption. Everybody say eternal redemption. Tonight, all around the world, there's still men and women that are on watch. They're fighting for our freedom as citizens of the United States of America. But Jesus, once and for all, entered in to the Holy of Holies and offered his shed blood. And once was enough. He No one else has to die. No other price has to be paid. He entered in once and for all. And that precious blood provides eternal 
redemption forever and ever, eons and eons, age upon age. The angels will forever be gathered around the throne and they will be declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And his blood will forever cry out, redeemed. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. If the enemy comes and he lies and he says, oh, you did this and you did that. But if you have confessed that sin, you can stand up and boldly say, it's under the blood. It's under the blood. The blood speaks for itself and the blood speaks of our freedom. The blood speaks of our Redemption. It is an eternal redemption. The work of the cross, the shed blood was a completed work on that day when his precious blood was poured out. It was the same body, the same blood on the same day. That paid for every area of our life. It bought our redemption spirit. We are redeemed. We can become new creations in him. It paid for our soul. The mental torment. He took it upon himself. And with his stripes. When he was. Those stripes were upon his back. That same blood that paid for salvation was shed for our healing. It's all inclusive. He paid it all. We are in covenant with a covenant keeping God. Blood was shed to ratify and to seal this covenant. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. Spirit soul and body. Now I want to look over at Galatians chapter three. If y'all can't find that translation, just put up the new King James. But uh, I was told we had it. Galatians chapter three, again, out of the home and reads a little bit different. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written. Everyone Who hung on a tree is cursed. Now we don't want to be under the curse. Deuteronomy chapter 28 lists a lot of things that were under the curse. We won't look at them, but lack is listed there. Poverty is listed. Sickness, horrible diseases. I'm sure we don't want anything to do with the botch of Egypt. I don't know what it is, but it don't sound good. It's listed there in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And then it goes on to tell us here in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say it again. I'm redeemed. As a matter of fact, let's just proclaim this. Let's say... This Jesus has redeemed me from the curse of the law. law. 
For poverty, I have wealth. For sickness, I have health. For spiritual death, I have eternal life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? We won't look at it, but over in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it tells us that we have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and we have been translated over into the kingdom of light. It's awesome to be delivered out of darkness. It's awesome to be delivered out of the hold and the bondage that Satan perhaps had on your life. But it's even more exciting to know we're not just delivered, we've been translated into the kingdom of light. Anybody happy about that? Well, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Think about what you are a partaker of. We are partakers of the inheritance in light. Hallelujah. We have been translated. That means we have changed residence. We have changed locations. We live in a whole new kingdom now, a new place, a new realm. You have moved from disease drive into healthy highway. You're off a broke boulevard into prosperity place. Glory be to God. Salvation is all inclusive. Of course, our sins are forgiven. Of course, there's deliverance. There's hell. There's well. There's preservation. There's safety. That's what belongs to us. Jesus himself, he preached and he declared what he came to do. He knew who he was and he would look in the old covenant and then he would quote the scriptures. He would quote the word. And one place that he did that is over in Luke chapter four, verse 18. And we'll look in the amplified version of that. Luke four eighteen out of the amplified version. This is Jesus speaking. He said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news. Everybody say good news. news. See, the gospel is good news. And then he went on to expound to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, who are crushed, and who are broken down by calamity. Jesus was anointed, and he knew it, and he had a message, and it was a message of good news. And then I love how it said, I am anointed to announce release to the captives. I don't, not going to ask for a show of hands because Pastor Mark would have to raise his hand. But we may have some folks in here that have spent a little time in jail or in prison. And when that happens, Isn't it a great day when the door is opened? (laughs) 
when somebody, perhaps your mom, bailed you out. Isn't it an awesome time when the prison door is unlocked? Well, whether you've ever been in jail or prison, every single one of us have been in bondage. Before we knew Jesus, we were locked in a prison cell. We were bound by oppression. We qualified for what Jesus said he came to do. We were all probably oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken by calamity. We were held captives by the chains of slavery and sin. But Jesus said, I have come, hallelujah, to announce release to announce freedom to the captives. I've come to tell the sinner you can be saved. I've come to tell the sick you don't have to be sick anymore. I've come to tell the broke I am your provider. I've come to tell the oppressed I am the glory and the lifter of your head. I'm come to tell the broken. I am the restorer. He is all that we need him to be. And whatever the enemy tried to bind you with, when you come into the kingdom of God, those chains are broken. The prison door has been opened. Freedom has been granted through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just define for you the word free. Word free literally means this. Not imprisoned. To be released. Hallelujah. And then I like this one. Exempt from the control of another. You know the enemy is into controlling. God is into love and God is into Submission. We're told to submit to him, submit to his word, submit to one another in love. But there's a vast difference between submitting in love and being controlled. You may have been in a relationship where somebody wanted to keep you under their thumb and control you. That is ungodly. Satan is the author of trying to control and oppress and bind people up. Just look what he does in nations around the world where there's evil influence in the government. They try to control everything. They try to tell people where they're going to live, where they're going to work, what they're going to eat, even sometimes what they're going to wear. Not going there, but you know, you see some people walking around that are controlled. By evil forces. That is the devil. But, and then he, his main tactic in controlling people is fear. Fear will put people in bondage. Think about all the phobias that are in the world. 
people afraid, afraid of flying dogs, not dogs that are flying, but flying, afraid of dogs, afraid of... (laughs) People are afraid of flying, they're afraid of dogs. Flying dog could be kind of scary, but you know, unless it's underdog, remember underdog here? (laughs) Here I am to save the day. Anyway, back to the word. Well, if you're asleep now, maybe you're awake. Be aware of flying dogs. Anyway, but people having all of these phobias, flying, dogs, cats, cars, trains, automobiles, buses, germs, disease. Some people are afraid to eat. I can't imagine. That would be so tormenting. Afraid of food. But it happens. Paralyzed. Can't leave their house. And this one is huge. Afraid of dying. Afraid of death. That's at the root of a lot of fears. I can't fly because a plane might crash. I can't get in a car because we might have a wreck. I can't eat that because it might make me sick. I can't leave my house because somebody might attack me. Afraid, afraid, afraid that I'm going to die. That is the devil. He's controlling and he's paralyzing and he's binding people. Folks, as a child of God, listen to this definition again of freedom. Exempt from the control of another. We do not have to be controlled by the devil. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We are exempt. We're exempt from his jurisdiction. We live under a higher law. If that's the case, why are so many Christians bound? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because like Thomas Jefferson said, Freedom isn't free. Jesus shed his blood for us to be free. But we as believers, we have to walk in the light. We have to stand and we have to fight for what belongs to us. It is a fixed fight and we always win if we'll do what the word of God says. But like our spiritual father said, these things are not going to just fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. If that was the case, nobody would be sick. Everybody would be walking in provision. We have to contend for these promises. We have to take the word of God and find scriptures that cover our case. If you weren't here this morning, get both CDs in the nine o'clock service. Pastor was like a word machine man going off and reading all the scriptures that promise us healing. We even have it over in the bookstore where he's reading healing scriptures. Get it in your heart. Stand for what belongs to us. Contend for it. Walk in your freedom. Now let's look over at John chapter 8. I, I quoted that already, but we'll first look at verse 36 in the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. For if the Son liberates you, 
makes you free man, then you are really and unquestionably free. If you've accepted Jesus, you are a free man. You are not bound in your spirit. You are liberated. Satan has no place in your life, in your body, and in your affairs. But we must know that. And we must speak our freedom. Declare it. Declare your benefits. You know, people go and they find, maybe get a new job. And one of the first questions is, what are the benefits? And once they find out what the benefits are, they're bold to declare them. If one of the benefits gets overlooked, they have no problem going to their supervisor and saying, hey, I thought this was a benefit. I thought I was going to get a week's paid vacation. I put in for it and it was denied. Why is that? Isn't that one of my benefits? People are bold about taking their benefits in the natural. Well, we ought to be bolder about knowing our benefits in the B-I-B-L-E and taking them and enforcing them. We're not getting, we're not getting that way toward God. We were Remind him of his word, but mostly we are enforcing Satan's defeat. And we are saying, you are defeated. You cannot bind me. I've been set free. And whom the son sets free is really and truly and completely liberated. Amen. Now in this same chapter... Go up to verse 31 and 32. And this is a key to staying free. How many of you want to stay free? We've been set free, but we want to stay free. So Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in me and my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. And then we'll read verse 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Some keys to continuing in this freedom right here. Abide in him. Abide in the word and let the word abide in you. Continue in what you know. A lot of people get tripped up there. They start out really good. Start out like a house on fire. Woo! I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about the word. But the first little bump in the road, they quit. We have to continue. It's not the starters that win the race. It's the finishers. Finish! Run your race and finish the course. Continue. Then, of course, he says, know the truth. What do you think the truth is? Come on, you're not the slow class. What do you think the truth is? Uh, What do you think the truth is? I can't hear you. 
Wow. If you can't even say the word of God. No, I'll be nice. No. (laughs) The word is the truth. And this wonderful word is not going to help us just laying on our coffee table or looking at our pretty new Bible. This word has to abide in us and we must abide in the word. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Continuous freedom comes from continuously contending for the freedom. Contending for the freedom. Do you think that contending for freedom applies to healing? Do you think that you have to meditate in the word to not just receive your healing, but to keep your healing? Because I can guarantee you this month, with all the emphasis on healing and miracles, if you've got any kind of sickness or disease in your body, the anointing is present to heal. And that sickness doesn't have a chance. If you'll just latch hold and release your faith, you will be healed. Because you're already healed according to the word of God. But we as believers that are well fed and know the word then to maintain what we receive under that divine unction and anointing to maintain it every single day. We have to continue in the word. I like Psalms 107 verse 20. It says this, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word not only brings freedom and liberty to your spirit, to our minds, but the word will heal your body. Meditating. Take those scriptures that pastor read today. Get that healing CD and let it just saturate your being. People just listening to the word of God. People reading the word of God. It is a quickening power. I know in my own life, times I've been weary. I've been tired physically. Just fall across the bed. Feel like I can't even lift my Bible up to read it. But I'll put on the scripture. I love people that read the word. Find a translation that ministers to you. And just laying there. Just hearing the word. Strength will come back into my body. Refreshing just sweeps over my my soul. He sent his word and healed them. The word brings freedom. Amen. Now let's look at John chapter eight, verse 32 out of that message translation. I love this. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. And he said, if you stick with this, Living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Everybody say this. Stick it out. Stay the course. Be steadfast. Be persistent. And you'll know freedom. He said that if you stick 
with this. And then I like how he said, living out what I tell you. Not trying it for a day or two, but living it. Having it become a lifestyle, a way of life that every single day you are fellowshipping with him. Every day you are honoring him. Every day you're either listening to the word or reading the word. Guess what? That's sticking it out. That's living what I tell you to do. And when you begin to do that, you will experience for yourself. This liberty, this freedom, where he said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. It'll keep you free. You won't have to just hear other people talking about how free they are, how healed they are, how blessed they are. Jesus wants you and I to experience for ourselves the liberty that comes from walking in the word, the liberty that comes from praying in the spirit, keeping ourselves built up on our most holy faith. He said, know it for yourself, not just hearing other people talk about it. Come to personally know and become acquainted with him and with his word and with his ways. Oh, what freedom. Oh, what joy. Oh, what liberty. I was thinking about it today. Think about the families that you've heard of it. Maybe some folks that you know, immigrants that came to this fam, to this country, maybe a couple generations back. They came as paupers. Many of them left lands that there was no jobs, there was no food hardly, and they risked everything. And they came here. And now, because they worked hard, they built businesses, they started companies, and now their descendants are wealthy because they stuck it out. Because they stayed with the principles of our land. This truly is a land of opportunity. But there are some citizens of the United States that they have a different attitude than people that came from other nations. People sometimes that were born and raised here, they don't have that tenacity. They don't have that work ethic. They have this attitude, I'm an American citizen, so America, take care of me. But people that have come from other places, they're like, wow, you mean I can start a business? You mean I can own dry cleaners? You mean I can own a Starbucks? And they work and they grasp that opportunity that is available to every single citizen of the United States of America. And you know, I think too often, as I was praying this afternoon, it just came up in my heart. Too often, people treat the things of God the same way. It is an opportunity. We have been afforded a vast opportunity to walk in God's best. We have been given the resources to prosper. We have been given what it takes to go through this life healed 
and whole. The blood of Jesus that stripes upon his back. We have been afforded the peace of God in the midst of turbulent times. But too often, saints have become ain'ts. And they just sit down and say, Okay, preacher, you got a new revelation for me? Okay, I came here to be entertained. I've heard that before. And new believers are jumping in and grasping the truth and running with it and experience freedom. I just have a nice, loving exhortation. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't be left behind. Get in to what's been made available. We can soar like eagles. So don't scratch around in the barnyard like a chicken. You're an eagle. Soar. Rise to who you were created to be. You are set free in the name of Jesus. You've been liberated. Let me tell you a little story about the chicken and the eagle. There was a little eagle. And he, uh, he, he, he lost his mommy or his mommy lost him. And this farmer found this egg and he put it in with a bunch of chickens and the, the, the hen sat on it and the eagle egg, it hatched. And so this eagle, he was raised in the barnyard with the chickens. He was scratching around looking for worms. And every once in a while, he'd look longingly up to the sky and he'd see this majestic eagle soaring by. And he'd have the thought, wouldn't that be wonderful to be able to fly off into the wild blue yonder? But I can't do that. I'm just a chicken. I got to scratch around in the straw and look for worms. Well, one day the storm was a brewing and all of the chickens ran into the chicken coop, into the hen house to take shelter. And something just rose up. In this eagle, he thought, I want to see what happens. He hopped up on a fence post. Here came this gushing wind. And instead of it blowing him over, he spread out his wings that he didn't even know he had. And here came a big gust of wind. It lifted him up off of the post. And the next thing he knew, he was flying. He kept flying up and up. And he got above the storm. He looked down and he thought, I was not born to be a chicken and scratch around in the barnyard. Folks, you were born to soar. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Be who you were created to be and don't allow the enemy, even though you've been set free to come and to entangle you again with snares and bondages. Galatians 5, 1, whom the son has set free, stand fast in that liberty and don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You stay up there in the heavenly place. You stay up there where you're called to be seated together with him in heavenly places. And where is that seat located? Far above, far 
are above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. You are not a chicken. You are not an unworthy worm. You are an eagle. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You have been set free. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. Don't allow the enemy to entangle you with junk from your past. Don't allow him to put the yoke and bondage of sickness and disease on your body. You are the redeemed and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We will rejoice in our freedom. We will stand for our freedom. Hallelujah. And we will stand in his presence right now and we will bless the name of the Lord. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord.